Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become the confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I have with me Steve Hockman, and let me tell you all about Steve. He is the co-founder of the world's largest bootcamp franchise, Fit Body Bootcamp. It's completely and permanently changed the personal training and bootcamp industry. He's the number one fat shred coach without counting calories or starving. I love that. Just three rules and one bulletproof mindset method. Please join me in welcoming my guests as we talk about how to be the leader you've always wanted to be. Please join me in welcoming Steve Hockman. Oh, thanks, Vicki. I appreciate you having me on. You know, it's funny when you were saying the leadership confidence, it those two things really do go together. And a lot of people really lack confidence and they want to know mm. how do I become more confident yeah. or how do I become more confident? And one of the biggest ways to be more confident is just doing the little things. Like so many people, you know, I, I, re, I relate everything back to health and fitness. So many people say, well, I'm going to get up in the morning and work out and they hit the snooze. I'm going <laughs> to eat healthy and they, yeah, then they choose that donut. I'm going to, you know, work out today. And then they're like, ah, I'm tired. I'll do it Monday. And then they want to do something big. I want to start a business. But the thing is, is that subconsciously they're not confident in themselves because they lie to themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. And if someone lied to you all the time, you wouldn't believe them either. But a lot of times people don't really think when they're lying to themselves, it matters. But if you yeah. want to build confidence, you start holding your word of the little things, and then you start believing you could do the big things. So when you That's said that, same, I thought that really actually meant something, you know? Yeah. And some people, they, uh, you know, I have several different businesses and one of them it, that I started originally was mm-hmm. my anti-aging and wellness uh, business that I have. And, and people are like, well, you're a speaker and uh, you teach leadership and coaching and public speaking. What's that have to do with anti-aging and wellness? But you know, as anything that we do as entrepreneurs, I mean, if we don't have our health, we don't have our business. We don't have anything coming in there. So when I turned 60, it was like, okay, for sure, I want to start to be healthy. And if I'm going to be a speaker, I know I need to have energy when I go out there to just get the people motivated so, um, and if you're keeping from going online because you don't like the way you look, I can help you there too. But it was all to, tied together. And I think we, we sometimes we focus so much on just our goals and we forget about the fact of self-care. And so that's why I love to have people like you to come in and talk about fitness and um, how it really is tied to leadership. Yeah. You know, for me, I don't even think about being fit 
as uh being fit like i like i was 300 pounds like 25 years ago you know just in a real bad spot anxiety just a total loser basically but the thing is about you froze A lot of people focus on who you want to be, who you are. Froze for a second. Yeah, you were froze. Is it? Hmm. I, like I don't. Like I was three. I was three hundred pounds. Now for the last twenty years, I've been very lean. You know, super lean. In fact, I'm writing a book on nutrition and mindset. And and the thing is, is that I don't ever eat a certain way to be lean. I eat a certain way because it aligns with my conscience. I eat a certain way because it's who I am. And when people focus on the scale or the weight, you know, they're, they're really missing the point. You look like who you are. So you got to focus on the mindset first. Yeah. And the biggest thing, Vicky, like, honestly, we'll let ourselves down all the time. We'll lie to ourselves. We'll negotiate with ourselves. And for me, what I found is that you have to link your goals to something of a higher value than yourself. So when I work with parents, it's the easiest thing when I relate reaching for that donut and not being as good of a parent because they're mm -hmm. not setting the right example. They're telling their kids to be disciplined, get off their iPad and study. And then they're not, they're doing the exact opposite. And <laughs> this is a leadership podcast, right? So leadership one-on-one, you lead from the front and there's two different types of parents. There's ones that do as I say, not as I do. And then there's other parents that say, follow me. Let me show you the way, son. Yeah. Let me show you the way, daughter. And once I make that connection with people, they can't unhear that. And they never thought of it that way. And it's all about becoming who you're supposed to be, not what you're supposed to look like. When you become the who, you look like the what. And I think an important <clears throat> thing to kind of strengthen what you just said is the fact that people are always watching. Kids are always watching. You might not think so, but they are watching. They hear you, even if you weren't directly speaking to them. And so leading by example is really pivotal in as to what they're going to become. Yeah. I mean, kids, um, they emulate 90% of what you do and they listen to 10% of what you say, you know, and it's funny, like a lot of parents I'll see, they'll, they'll get frustrated and they'll yell at their kids to calm down. They'll be like, calm down. And it's like, wait, you know, in that moment, you're doing the opposite of what you're telling your kid who's <laughs> like five, you're an adult and you're out of control telling your kid to be in control. And so a lot of times parents, they just don't see the connection in all the things that they do with being the parent. And they say like their kids are the most important things in the world. Not at that moment you're eating that pizza pizza. I guess they're not, mm. you know, and once they start connecting the dots in that way, things start to, to, to really change. Wow. So if we kind of keep on going along this theme, how do you become the person that you admire and um, listen to? Yeah. So the thing is with me, Vicki, I could only tell you what works for me. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I do. That My whole program, my whole coaching, everything, my whole life is around me fixing myself from being a loser and then telling people it works for me. So for me, I didn't really have an anchor in my life by which to measure my actions by to where I could like actually see, am I aligned with my conscience? Am I aligned with what I'm supposed to do? And I would get to the top and I would drift off. I would get to the top and I would fall back down. And so for me, the the formula is I create a life where my purpose is to give the most value 
in the most ways to the most people. But the only way I can do that is by coming as the best version of myself in all ways. And it's like one of those things, like the other night, me and my wife were having like a, like a, a stupid argument. I mean, it was so dumb. And, you know, my ego started to get inflated and I was tr- like really going to win this argument. You know, <laughs> I'm leaning into this argument. And in that moment, if it was just about me, I would have just gone off the deep end. I would have gone all the way the wrong way. But I thought to myself, my purpose is to give value in the most ways to the most people. How do I give what I'm doing right now as value? The only way I could give value is if I remove myself, come with love, come with compassion and solve this argument in such a graceful, awesome way that I could then give that as value to someone else who's maybe having an argument. So it's not even about me. Mm-hmm. And that that one formula, that one thing was what I was missing for most of my life. And I could literally just see myself drifting off that anchor. I can't give value with this. How do I give value? Boom, I have to do this. And I do that in every way possible, whether it's working out, eating, being tired, not wanting to do something, arguing with my wife. I I measure everything by if I can give value with what I'm doing. And yeah. um, just choose to be proud. I choose to only do things that make me proud. Um, mm. not what makes me happy. And like being proud is such a higher frequency than being happy anyways. Cause I could say like, well, I don't want to work out today. I'm pretty tired. It would make me happy to just relax and watch TV, but it would make me proud to go and work out. And mm. I would rather, and I always pick the higher frequency, which is proud. And so I just started living my life that way. And, and really everything changed once I did that. Yeah. Two things I take away from that is, um, first of all, I love that you said, do your be your best and not be perfect. Because I think too many times we think, oh, I'm, I have to be perfect. But um, really, no, you just need to do your best because your best is different than my best is different than your wife's best. And, and then the second takeaway is that you talked about um, your really your purpose and things. But to me, it's your core values. And every decision that I make has to align with my core values and um, which is aligned with my purpose. And, and again, it is individualized too. So you have to take time to think about that and, and reflect on that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what kind of person doesn't want to give value to others. Right. So like, you got to really think like the truth of the matter, Vicky is like the real truth is that there's losers and there's winners. There's hot, there's cold, there's light and dark. Like everything has to have a balance. Like there really actually has to be losers in the world. There has to be evil to have good. You can't, you like, you can't just be happy 24 seven because then happiness would be nothing. The happiness is just a, a contrast of being unhappy. So, I mean, really it's like, we got to pick our pain. You know, I was talking to one of my, um, I, I was talking to the publisher of the book that I'm writing and, and and she would just ask me what I thought of all these drugs that are out there that like these like these new fads where you take these drugs and you lose all this weight. And, you know, besides all the crazy side effects and how stupid they are, the thing is, is that there's a contrast to everything you do. So let's say you take these drugs, they do have you lose weight. Well, what's the contrast of that? See, for me, I take the I choose my pain. So my pain is I work out. That's the pain. I don't want to work out. I'm going to work out. My choose is maybe I don't want to eat right, but I eat right. So I chose my contrast on this end, and then I get the good contrast on this end. When you start with just a good contrast, 
And th then you're just going to get whatever the universe hands you as the bad contrast. And it's probably not what you want. Well, I don't, and it won't stay because you haven't, I agree with you. You, you have to have that contrast. You know, you don't ever know pure joy unless you know pure sadness. I mean, it, complete sadness and pain. So that's excellent. Um, we, we talked a little bit in the beginning about being a better parent. As mm. you work with people, what are some of the, the things, especially, you know, it, it's always been a tough, there's no manual. I mean, it's always been tough. I have two kids they're in their thirties and two grandbabies. And um, in the last three years of this crazy isolation and things that we have, how has that made being a parent either more enlightened or harder? Um, both, but in the end, uh, it made me a way better parent. So in 2020, my older daughter got real suicidal. She actually started cutting herself. She had cuts from head to toe. Um, she, she tried to kill herself, like by taking some like sleeping pills. I mean, she really got, it, it got scary, you know? And, mm -hmm. um, and so I had to, she's good now just so you know she's good, doing amazing good. now we worked awesome. through it i became a better parent and she became a, a a beautiful um young lady in the process she's 18 now but for me a biggest lesson one of the big lessons that i learned is one as a parent you should only tell your kids what to do maybe five percent of the time 95 percent of the time you should be asking questions yeah. um asking questions. Nobody wants to do, you know, in leadership 101 is like, I would rather go with your plan than my plan because you're going to work harder and to make your plan successful than my plan, especially a kid. They don't want to do their parents' plan. So, and even if your plan is like 70% as good as my plan, I'd rather you work 100% on your plan than 20% on my plan, even if it's better. With that being said, another thing I learned is you know, as parents, we want to like save our kids from making giant mistakes. And so like, for instance, like if let's say your kid says, I just don't want to go to school. I'm just done. I'm not going to school. I don't want to do it. I'm not going. You can't make me right. As parents, you're like, oh, then you're not going to be able to have opportunities and choices. And what if you want to go to college and you're going to ruin your life? But the truth of the matter is, and what I learned is to just say, okay, um, tell me your thought process about that. Tell me why you don't want to go to school all right, what is your plan? Because on my end, you know, you, you don't have to go to school, but that's okay for you. But here's what's okay for me. I can't pay for someone's cell phone who's just sitting around the house, not going to school. I just can't. It has nothing to do with you. This is just me. I can't drive you to your friend's houses. I can't buy you clothes. I can't do things for you because you're not really like, it just doesn't feel right to me. And then you just talk to them and just say like, so what is the plan? Let's, let's, We'll see what this is going to look like. So you're going to stay at home. Um, all these things are going to be cut off because I can't do it. It's not even a punishment. It's just the way I am. That would make me feel weird. And, and then you just start asking them what the plan is. And mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, they'll come up with a plan. And then you ask questions and you're just leading with questions rather than pushing with answers. And that was a big thing that I had to learn. And like, maybe the lesson of them not going to school is worth more than they would ever get from going to school. So yeah. A big thing is, I think, as parents is that we're so protective over our kids, what we think is a catastrophic fail, but it actually might be a catastrophic, uh, you know, an, an unbelievable win. And um, and that, that's one of the biggest things that I learned, you know. And also another thing, um, you know, my, my daughter at the time, she was doing drugs. 
And, you know, I wasn't obviously too happy about that. And when, when we, we sent her to a, she had to go to a therapeutic boarding school to a wilderness program. She was basically not living in the house in, in intense therapy for an entire year. And when she got back, she did have some, um, some marijuana, like drug slip ups. And, but what, what I learned this time is that if, if, if your kids can't come to you and talk to you, then you have no influence on them whatsoever. So if they came and said, Hey, I smoked, you know, I did this. And you're like, I can't believe you did that. What were you thinking that you think they're really going to talk to you again about mm -hmm. it ever. So when that did happen, I would just ask her like, cool. Well, what was your thought process? Like, and I know you just did nicotine and I know you got off nicotine and um, you didn't like being controlled by it. So like, how do you feel about it? Tell, tell me your thoughts. And, and you just talk to them. And a lot of times and just asking questions without being like, intense with them and just really being genuinely curious you'll come up with the answers together and that's what we did do and that's what i learned oh that's so good i <clears throat> as you were talking about that it reminded me way back <laughs> way back whenever i was a sophomore in high school my sister was going to be going to she's a year and a half older than me and so she was going to be going to college and my parents i'm from a large family and and I could see that my my mom did not work, and um, so they couldn't afford. So I made a decision to go to the counselor and switch my major from college bound to just to get a job right out of school, and that I was just going to go to a business school and I was going to pay for it myself and get a job and do that. My dad felt like he failed me, mm. but it all worked out awesome. I. I went to school at 47, got my degree and uh, sent him that, you know, little thank you for not throwing me out of the house or whatever, but, but it was the right thing to do. And so I totally resonate with you with the fact that, you know, college isn't right um, at that time. And for me, I got the most out of college because I had life experiences. And when the teachers taught me something, I could say, oh, you know, the other people in class, yeah, he's right or she's right, because I had to live that. Um, so the, your point about th that it has to be, it's much better if they buy into it because it's their idea, their solution, I think helps them on a better track to being confident as a leader. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's got to be genuine because kids will sense if you're just trying to like really lead them in a certain direction and you're not being genuinely curious and like open to what they have to say, and you're just doing it to manipulate the the outcome that you want. Um, that's not going to work either. Like it has mm -hmm. to be, you have to let go, you know, it, it, it's counterintuitive because you think like, I care so much that I'm going to care harder, but you could actually really hurt the relationship and which I did. I I did damage the relationship. Now we're very, very close. Like it's so good, but I had to go through that. We had yeah. to go through that together. So that, yeah. that's why I advise parents in that way. Cause I made those yeah. mistakes. I'm sure. So whenever you talk about, um, if we can go back to, to leadership itself and and now in this world that we have, we have people that are remote, people that are in person. And and so it's more challenging as a leader. You you can't just occasionally walk by their guest desk and see what's going on. The trust factor has to be there. There are all different things that make being a leader a little bit more challenging 
and hard work, if you will. Um, so talk to me about how you advise people in dealing with leadership across the miles. Yeah, you know, I don't really deal with that. Hmm. I don't really deal with that. I don't have very many remote employees, like other than my assistant. Uh, my coaching clients are are remote. They're all over the country. Yeah. And and I think honestly, it's just I think if you're a micromanager, that's not going to work. And and really, all that does is stifle people's creative thought process. They're you know mm -hmm. that the more ownership you could give to someone, the more that they're going to step into that leadership role. Like you know, to be a leader it's not just leading. You also have to be able to be led and mm -hmm. it goes both ways. So if you want to earn trust, you have to also trust. And so for me, when someone's weak at something, I try to put them in charge of that. And a lot of times when you put someone in charge of something, they'll step up. So if someone's maybe slacking on maybe getting their reports in, then maybe I make them in charge of everybody's reports. And now they're in the position to be in this leadership role. And now they're taking it serious. So it's, I think, I think it's just that it's checking in. You you definitely have to check in. And when you do those check-ins, like, like I check in with my coaching clients live like this once a week, but in that, in that hour check-in, that's when you're, you're being a leader, you know, you're leading by example, you're setting the tone, you're setting the atmosphere and the culture of your company, and you're letting your leaders lead. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the leaders, they are, they're, uh, they're insecure, and they don't want to ask for help. So, yeah. you know, they they are insecure and they don't want anyone to know that they don't have all the answers. And all ever, anyone sees is that you're just weak and they don't respect that. But if you come in and say, hey, I don't even know how to do this. What do you guys think? And what do you guys think? Because I'm not really sure um, even what direction to go in this one. Let's Let's get your opinion. And then they give an opinion. And if it's good and you're like, I like what you said, you know what? I'm going with that. Thank you. Thank you for solving that because I was not clear on that. Now you just really increase the confidence of your of your team, you know, and, and they step into that leadership role. And I think a lot of leaders, they're just scared and they do the opposite of that and it has the opposite effect. Yeah. And, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier on is leading by example. If you as the coach, as the leader, um, are being able to um, ask the questions too. Like, you know, there, uh, we don't have all the answers all the time. We don't know the situation. So you have to ask a lot of questions and be comfortable in, in asking those. Yeah, you want someone to step up, put him, put him in charge. <laughs> That's what yeah, I do. For sure. Well, this is, time has flown by here, but um, I just want to ask this one question before we do rapid fire. And so we, we talked about your daughter and different things and, and I'm sure with your coaching clients that you have, that they come to you with some baggage or some negativity. How do you break that pattern of negativity to get their mind kind of going in the positive and, and in this roller coaster ride that we have to recognize that, okay, I was going good mindset. And then now I, I'm going off to the side, the negativity is coming in. How do I rein it back? Yeah. I just tell them what works for me. That's my whole program is what works for me because I'm mm -hmm. such a like born to be loser that for me to be successful, I have to be doing things right. Cause I'm not naturally mm -hmm. like that. Like my wife has these like bumper rails where she's always going to be on track. I don't have those. So <laughs> I have to have a system for that. And, and really here's the thing. What kind of person doesn't want to give value? So with all my coaching clients, 
with everybody I talk to, if your purpose in life is to just give the most value. And that, see, the thing is about giving the most value doesn't mean that you're not living a great life. Like if if I didn't take care of me, if I'm not making, uh, if, if I'm not financially um, very successful, then I can't give you the most value because you're not going to even take me seriously. Yeah. So I have to be the best version financially as a parent, as a leader, health, fitness, everything. And so I really just take it. It's not about them. It's not about me. And that's what I teach my coaching clients. Like, forget you. If your goal is to give the most value to your family, to your people, to your staff, whoever you have that you could give value to, then you must become the version, best version of yourself. So if you're having a negative day, you say, well, geez, I'm how do I give value to, to this? I'm just complaining. I can't hand this to somebody. So I need to come up with a solution so that I could then get on Instagram and talk about I was having a negative attitude and this is how I got out of it. And yeah. I really recommend that everyone, you don't have to want to be like an influencer or even make money on, on, on the internet, but it's such a great tool if you just dedicate yourself to giving value and just go on there and say you're, what you're struggling with and how you overcame it. And you yeah. do it with the purpose and intention of helping others. Number one, when you're trying, when you're working on someone else's problems, your problems disappear. So the <laughs> best true. way to not be negative is to help other people. And the best way to help other people is to be the best version of yourself. So it's a beautiful uh, oh, story. I'm sorry. Never stops. Awesome. All right. So um, one last one is how do I attract the right person in life? This is the, the dating portion. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great question. So a couple things, a couple parts about that. So in order to attract the right person in your life, you have to absolutely know yourself. You have to know what you want, what you require, and you have to know what you can give. Like for instance, me, I love to be with my wife 24. If I could be with her 24 seven, I would. I don't need any space. I don't hang out with the boys. I don't need to go out. I literally, she's my best friend. I do everything with her. Now, if she was the type of person that was the opposite, that needs to go out with the girls, needs her space, then she wouldn't be the right person for me. And a lot of times, like in my first marriage, I didn't really know who I was. So I matched up with someone who was the opposite of what I needed. And, and I just didn't know. And so while you're dating, and this is also how you break up with someone, by the way, breakups mm -hmm. should actually be fun. All right, how's that? A breakup <laughs> should be amazing and fun. I don't care if they cheated on you, lied to you, it should be fun. So here's how you handle a breakup. It's the same way that you get into the right relationship. So you're with someone, however you break up, this is what you do. You genuinely thank them for the good times you had because you did have good times. I don't care how it ended. You, you go, I appreciate the actual good times that we had. We had some really good times together. I also appreciate the lessons I learned. I learned more about what I needed and more about what I could give so that I could find the right match. And I hope you, you did the same. I'm really excited for my next adventure and match. And I'm super excited for yours because you're hopefully going to level up as well. And as you work on yourself and you level up, you also match up with someone on a higher level because mm -hmm. hopefully during that relationship, you worked on personal development, you evolved as a person, and now you're this person that can attract this other person. And you real you learn more what you require and what you could give. So that's how you break up. It should be like really exciting. The only reason why breakups are hard is because you really believe that that's the best you're going to do. Because if mm -hmm. I gave you a crystal ball and you saw yourself with someone more beautiful, more loving, more of a perfect match that you're happier with, you wouldn't even care that you broke up. You'd be like, I can't wait to get to that. The only reason <laughs> breakups are hard is because people think 
they're not confident that they're going to get better. They think they missed out. That was the best they're going to do. They're mad, all this other stuff. So that's how you handle a breakup. And that's how you attract your perfect person as well. Awesome. Great advice. Mm -hmm. All right. It's time now for us to share my screen. And uh, so you can get contact information for Steve. And as always, I remind you that if you are just listening in, I will give you the contact information orally, but you can get it on my website as well as my YouTube channel in the show notes. So Steve Hawkman is on Instagram. There are tons of posts and things you can find out there, but I'll let him talk to you more about what you can find when you visit his Instagram. Yeah. And, you know, really my whole thing is personal development and my journey. Like I started my life in high school, living in a car. I've been up to the top, down to the bottom, up to the top. And then I finally figured out a formula to stay on top. And I just really, my purpose and mission in life is to share that with as many people as I can. And that's what I do on my Instagram. Anything from health, to fitness, to personal development, to relationships, to breakups, anything in your life that could improve it. That's what's on my Instagram, all the things that work for me. And you just find me at stevehawkman.driven on Instagram. Okay. And so that's S-T-E-V-E-H-O-C-H-M-A-N dot driven, D-R-I-V-E-N. So please go ahead and, uh, Take a screenshot if you haven't done so. And again, all this will be on my Instagram, on my YouTube and my findyourleadership.com. Well, Steve, thank you so much. Great advice shared today. Great insights. I appreciate all of your information and how um, we will be the best, always try to be the best version, the best value to whomever, whenever. And go ahead and give that again your little mantra about the best value. Yeah. Yeah. My purpose in life is to give the most value to the most people in the most ways. And the only way I could do that is to come as the best version of myself in the most ways. And I measure exactly. everything I do by, can I give value with what I'm doing right now? That's my anchor in life. Awesome. Great words to live by. And uh, so I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. And as always, I remind you that life is a journey and it is up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nethling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. <laughs>